Hey, welcome to Pillow Talk. <laughs> We've been uh, gone for a while. We're working on a new system that we uh, have been playing with here for a little bit, just discussing and coming up with some material and just uh, we have so many awesome things that looks like coming around mm-hmm. in the near future that we can't wait to share with you as those. Yeah. You know, the neat thing about COVID, if there is a neat thing, can I say that? Um, it's really created um, an opportunity to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And I love like even doing a podcast or something like this is not something that typically before COVID that people really engage with, but we're seeing ourselves being very engaged with, with folks on podcasts now that typically right. we would go see live um, or have coaching with live. And now we can do it via podcast. And so I love the technology that we have a chance to get together with folks and it's nobody has to wear pants if they want to. No, I ain't wearing any now. <laughs> and you, and people can watch whenever they want to. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so uh, our so, goal is to put these on Facebook uh, live and at a certain time, and then actually be there to mm-hmm. interact with you as uh, you sign on instead of uh, having to pause and, yeah. you know, try to think a little differently and all that. But uh, the mission hadn't changed. Absolutely. Pillow talk is. To remind you guys, it's all that is, it's very simple as a, as a, I'm sorry to say as a honeymoon couple, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's simply this, it's intimate, authentic, unguarded conversations. And I think as married couples, we so many times don't do any of those three. Um, Our conversations are always in front of other people or they're guarded because I really know that I don't want to push your buttons. So I'm not going to go there at all. So I get a little guarded. Um, mm-hmm. Or I'm not authentic. Right. There's some, and we do know that you help get rid of your frustrations by having better communication. Absolutely. And yeah. um, so that's kind of what this is going to be. We're just going to kind of yeah. have some communication with each other and you get to try to end some frustration. On, yeah. Because <laughs> right now we're mad. No. no. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of the, the new way it's a of new doing format. things a new we'll format. See. Like you all it. just get to kind of watch us chat and brainstorm and right. we're gonna kind of go in a direction and as mm-hmm. we um you know have things come to mind we're going to be sharing those live and right. real time so it won't always be it'll be pretty raw sometimes because you know we're we're going to be genuine in front of you guys and not a lot of scripting yeah, here. I, I don't lie stephanie will occasionally <laughs> but I, i'm pretty honest <laughs> Yeah, you are. Um, so, you know, one of the keys to a better communication is, is learn to ask better questions. Mm. So, you know, question number one. Yeah. Kind of what, where, where's your mind been going? I mean, I know you've spent lots of time in the word. And that's so, a loaded question to ask me. Where's narrow my it down mind to- been going? <laughs> Try to keep it clean. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. No, I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate um, that you do ask really good questions and you um, help me to unpack things. It's There's been a lot going on in my mind, actually. Um, always for me, I am so intrigued by the, the thought process and the unpacking and the layers and the meaning of design. Yeah. You know, that we and are. By design, what do you mean by that, though? Uh, that's, uh, you know, who we are, who am I, Right. why am I here? What reason does my life have and where am I going? Mm. And 
Um, typically, you know, as a woman, I, I spend most of my talking to women and not men, obviously. So I, from a female side of it, I hear so much in my life and I've heard so much about trying to find your identity losing your identity. Where's your identity? Is it in your husband? Is it in your kids? Is it in your job? Um, why do I exist? I don't have a reason to live and all these things, or I don't know if this is the direction God has for me to go. And so many times in listening to the conversations, I think it comes back to asking that better question, asking a question, period. Mm. You can ask yourself this. Um, if you find yourself in that space, who am I? Who am I? Who are you? Because if I don't know who I am, I certainly cannot begin to track why I would exist. Mm -hmm. And then I certainly don't know where I'm going if I don't know why I exist. If I exist, for example, to be a doctor, if that's the channel and the uh, avenue that God will use to work through me in mm -hmm. for a large part of my life, well, then I'm certainly not going to go in a direction of becoming a lawyer, right? Because that doesn't even make sense. So if I'm going down a path to become a lawyer, but my design actually was created to be a doctor, I'm going to have a lot of frustration. Right. Um, and until I identify who I am, I'm probably going to be in a space of intense questioning, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of coming back to trying to change myself into something that I'm not, because I think that this is a path that I'm supposed to go on. And for me this year, uh, especially during COVID, it's just been going back to square one. Who am I? Who does God say that I am? And yes, it's about who we are in Christ. Obviously in this podcast now, it's always about who we are. It's always about God being central. Right. And we're it's not going to explain that. Every we're not time. going to explain that every time. <laughs> we're not. So if you don't know that by now, then you right. know, that's, um, but it's going and seeing when God created me before my body, one Psalms 139, you know, it's one of my favorite passages of scripture, the passion translation really, really unpacks that really well, that when I begin to wonder what I'm supposed to be doing or what I'm doing. And I start to feel anxious for mm -hmm. me. The trigger has been when I start to feel anxiety and, and almost contempt for where I am in my life right now, mm -hmm. something squeaking. I think it's my bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I've learned to go and say, all right, what is causing this? Because I know that when I'm walking in that path and that, that lane that God has for me, that there is a, there is an excitement. There is an, an there's an energy there's still challenges, but it's a different feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Than when you're kind of off. And I think one of the things that I have really been leaning into with God is this. And actually, I I caught this phrase from Beth Moore in one of her uh, Bible studies that I did, and it's that authenticity has no competition. Authenticity has no competition. So I began to expand that a little bit in that definition. And not only does it not have competition, but it doesn't have comparison. Mm. And when we begin, we're talking about having authentic conversations and pillow talk. That's part of what pillow talk is. What is authenticity? Authenticity is being um, to a place in your life where you can sit with God and begin to unpack and see who he's called you to be and who he's created you to be uniquely and authentically, um, because if I'm not authentic and it doesn't mean authenticity, isn't telling the truth. Well, you're authentic. You're genuine. You're, you're telling the truth. There's, there's a little twist to that. I think, because when I am seeking out why I exist or where I'm going or who I am, 
if I'm not going back to the source, mm-hmm. then it's not authentic. When God breathed his design into me on day six of creation, when he breathed your design into you, our bodies weren't formed yet, but our design was here. And when we start tracking with that, when we start asking God better questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, God, you know, who am I authentically? What it is about me that's different than everybody else in the world. And when you begin to find that place and you begin to find those elements of your design that are authentic to you, all of a sudden you find that you don't compare yourself. Right. I'm not comparing to try to be like that speaker that I admire so much. I'm not competing with what somebody else's picture of me supposed says that I am when I'm authentic. I'm powerful. I'm mm-hmm. empowered and I'm able to maximize other people through so that. your only competitions with yourself. Yes. And becoming because. more and more in line with who mm-hmm. God has said that I am. Right. God said, God saw, and it was good. So if discovering our identity or I don't know if that's the right way of saying it. Yeah, but, I think so. Um, it is a discovery process, right? Yeah. Is it important to know your identity so you can bring it together to have our identity? Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a great question because I would follow that with a question. If you're fighting for unity, mm-hmm. but you're different, how then can you come to common ground on that? Correct. By understanding that our strengths and our differences, our differences actually become our strength. Become our strength. And that's how we build on common yeah. ground. So it's married is kind of like two people that are Swiss cheese. And what you're trying to do is fill those gaps and yeah. holes and, yeah. and, and come together. And yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's very important. I can definitely... See that I like the trail that you're on there. Um, you know, one thing with me in the discovering my identity has been to, to ask myself better questions. And we had the conversation the other day that, you know, questioning doesn't mean I question God. It means I'm questioning why I believe what I believe about yeah. God. Mm-hmm. And am I going off what someone else has told me mm-hmm. or am I, this is really a discovery for me. I remember uh, when our son was teaching. He said the biggest problem they had was the kids identifying Teaching with Jesus. At a school. Yeah. Yeah. But they were, because um, he taught Bible, mm-hmm. was for the kids to be able to identify with Christ on their own, not their parents. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, like for me, that's, that's kind of probably where the quest first started was having those conversations with him. You know, it's kind of like, well, mm-hmm. am I believing everything the way I believe? Mm-hmm. Because I chose certain teachers to listen to mm-hmm. for so long that I just took, they know. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny thing is people that teach a totally different way of believing that's still in the Christian realm. If that's who you surround, that's what you know. Mm-hmm. So who's to say one's right? And who's to say one's yeah, wrong? and I think, what do you think about that? The reason that there are different different slants in teaching is because there's different designs. Yeah. You know, you're, you're all coming. It's like that beach ball analogy. You're all coming to the center, but you all see that beach ball Mm -hmm. from a different color, depending on which side of that ball you're sitting on. Yeah. And I think that's the authenticity question, right? Is question the authenticity of your thoughts and your beliefs about God. Are they yours Mm -hmm. or are they just an adoption of somebody else's nothing wrong with adopting it as you're beginning that process but at some point how authentic are they yeah 
How authentic should any question be off balance or out of balance? I mean, well, that's probably a better way of saying it. I, I mean, yeah, we'll if, if we're to that. ask better questions, then well, is I there something that we shouldn't be asking or is, is literally, you know, a better question is just a better question. I think it's just a better question, a deeper question. Um, there's a passage of scripture in Proverbs and I'm sorry, I don't have the, but it says that with God, it's, layers of meaning and depths of purpose. And I think that so beautifully describes our walk with God and our discovery. Here's what God has told me this year. He is not afraid nor challenged by my questions, Mm -hmm. by my doubts, by my humanity, by my tears, by my emotions. (laughs) He's not, he's not challenged by any of that because he loves me and it's a face-to-face relationship. And that's, that's the authenticity, Mm -hmm. you know, still waters invite reflection. And when we get Mm -hmm. ourselves in front of God's word and we be still, that's when the authenticity can begin to happen because we're beginning to reflect back off how God sees us. We're Mm -hmm. looking at him and he's looking at us. So um, I don't know that there's a question that's off the table when it's, when it's in that space with God that you are not, um, hmm. Well, you, you know, we tend to believe that if we don't say it, God doesn't know we're thinking. <laughs> so true. You know? That's great. So well, he does know our thoughts. So you right? have all these thoughts <laughs> yeah. inside that you're yeah. like, if I don't ask it, he'll never he'll know. Never know. <laughs> God will think I'm perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, he knows you're questioning yeah. those things. He knows you're struggling with things. Yeah. Um, and he's not offended by it. I remember I heard a song years ago and it said, I know that it's not for us to ask of God why. Mm. And, you know, maybe why is not a good question. For one thing, it's open ended. You can never quit asking why. That's true. It's like mm-hmm. a child, you yeah. know, and why, 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 why? <laughs> you know. Um, and then I heard the other day, I think I was telling you about it, that a guy said that uh, it's never okay to ask your commanding officer why you're going to do something. Oh, yeah. But yes. you can ask him what you're going to do. You can ask him how you're going to do it. What's the effect? What of equipment it? do you get what to use? What equipment do I need? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the beginning of good questions. Good. Why is a lazy question? I think why? Oh, that's really true. Let's unpack that. Why is a lazy question? Because like you said, it's open-ended. You're not right. going to get an answer because why is not one finished sentence? Correct. Um, and that's good. Mm-hmm. Where if I, if I ask, you know, how or what's next i love the what's next oh, question me too. or show me more show me more uh, tell me more i love that yeah uh, yeah you know then god has something to talk to you about if not god's not going to argue with you and why is argumentative question it kind of is and what if god said what if it says because i said <laughs> yeah. no one wants to hear that <laughs> what if god said that because his word doesn't return void what if he says i already said go find out why you know true <laughs> so no that's true no that's good um you know i know with uh, some of the questions i got to asking um god been a few years ago but it was on how to be a better husband mm-hmm. you know i wasn't satisfied with if you're not satisfied with your answer, it's because you're not asking the right questions, mm-hmm. you know, and the answer was, is why isn't there peace? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, moments of peace, but not mm-hmm. lasting peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want a daily peace. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of things like that. Why, you know, isn't, why am I not getting the return for the effort? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I started, you know, asking the question, you know, if, 
would our marriage be better if I was more of a godly husband? Mm -hmm. And if the answer to that is yes, then what does the godly husband look like? Right. So that's a great flow right there. Instead of being problem focused in a marriage, you were saying, instead of saying, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. How come she isn't responding? You turned that and you said, all right, if I want a godly outcome, right. I need to be a godly man and a godly husband. Right. What does that look like? Not what does somebody else mm. tells me it looks like authentically between God. What does that look like for me? Because our marriage mm -hmm. and our relationship is different than the next marriage. Right. So there are some blanket truths mm -hmm. in the word of God, but there's also a responsibility as we mature in Christ that God doesn't expect us to say a toddler right. and that we do begin to have a relationship with God where we ask the question. And when he gives us something to begin to track with that, we don't throw a tantrum on the floor and say, yeah, but she never. So I don't want to. Right. Right. <laughs> or vice versa. No, it's, um, you know, it's probably what three, four years ago. Uh, my work for the year was intentional. Mm -hmm. And apparently it wasn't intentional enough because the next year it was intentional. <laughs> um, but then the next year it was B. And I felt like that's where the change really started to kick mm -hmm. in. That was a year before this one. Mm -hmm. And this year it's more. So mm -hmm. it's just like be intentional, yeah. be intentional, be mm -hmm. what you're intentional about. And now be more of that. Ah, so good. And so you're starting to focus, aren't you? You're starting yes. to become laser focused in your design. Yes. And you're so, discovering who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's so life-changing you know it's very uh, life-changing um i've probably never had three years of harder losses mm. but more peace in my life i know i never hadn't had the losses and yeah. i know i didn't have peace because i was yeah. always irritated at something mm -hmm. um so for the first time we've entered those ages that you start to have some loss yeah. in your life that yeah. you know not, not that it only starts once you're in your 50s but the fact the is you do see it a lot more often, yeah. you know? And, uh, so once that started to be able to say that no matter how much turmoil my mind would get into, and you know, you can't get past the hurt. You don't feel yeah. like you're getting past it. You are. Um, but there's still that, that inner peace there. And it's just like, I'm at peace with who I am and whose I am. Yeah. I think that's so key. And I, there's so many people out there, I think that can benefit from that right there, because we do so many times we get a little tripped up in our circumstances and not that they're not real, mm -hmm. but I think as a human, okay, so I'm going to speak for myself as a human, the human side of me says that that's the reality, you mm -hmm. know, and I don't always know how to fix it. And I don't know always how to walk out of it. And what I'm learning is that there's a transformational journey in that, that I can become more and more, um, like Christ mm -hmm. to where, even though the circumstances seem to be chaotic at the sound of his word or his voice, there can be peace. It's peace. Be still. I've learned to speak that very thing that Jesus spoke over the wind and the waves, mm -hmm. the chaos of that storm that was real. Right. They felt it. They were probably puking. It was making them seasick. Right. He said, peace, be still. And there's times that when my mind, like you just said, it's in chaos and it's in turmoil and there is no mm -hmm. peace. I speak that to myself. I, I speak soul, peace, be still, peace, be still. Right. And, and what's amazing is, is what you focus on will determine if you can have that. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of a better example than this. A year ago, 
we are out on the ocean and Stephanie is green. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> the waves were, were, were pretty, were pretty good size for land dwellers like we are. Ooh. And as long as you focused on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and what is that? That's the part that's always level. It's always level. Yeah. You know, so as long back, as you focused on that, yeah. you were able to ward yeah. off getting actually sick. I didn't actually puke, but yeah. Yeah. But so, the minute the minute you become blinded, uh -huh. the, the minute I went down below in the yacht, we were actually on a really nice yacht. It was such a wonderful day. But the minute I went down, uh, you know, all of a sudden I, I can't see anything right. and all I can feel. And I think what a great analogy of how we live sometimes mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves to sink into that circumstance to the point that we can't see anything but the circumstance. We have no point of reference mm. and we have to have to have to get better at lifting our eyes to the horizon, which is Jesus and beginning to mm -hmm. speak, even though we don't feel like it. Right. I wanted just to get off that freaking boat, mm -hmm. but I couldn't because the reality was I was out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> so I, don't had, walk on water. I, I didn't walk on water and I was, I wasn't able to do that. I didn't try that. So, <laughs> but I think for me, that's the whole analogy of when I start to feel that tossing to and fro, I, I asked the question, well, wait a minute, I am allowing myself to spin out of control and I have peace right. because Jesus said, peace be still. And he mm -hmm. gave me the same authority. So the storm that I'm perceiving as real, mm -hmm. um, it might be a fact, but it's not the reality of right. my life. And I think that that's a huge thing. And maybe I'm not really saying that well, but it's been life changing for me. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be a, a pretty good roller coaster storm dweller. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's been life changing yeah. for me to, to experience that transformation with yeah. God. So, you know, in, um, Galatians it says that we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise mm -hmm. so when you think of that how does that that you are actually an heir of mm -hmm. with Christ mm -hmm. you know when how does that affect your your thought process when you're actually going through something that's yeah well it does it causes a pivot for me doesn't that's it a good word you? yeah uh you know it kind of causes that I'm scratching Wait. the top part of my nose and I bumped the bottom <laughs> No pick. You're not picking your nose. No, okay. um, no, I think that's great. And I think it's something that I probably don't think on enough. Um, I think I'm still working on, mm -hmm. you know, getting better at that. But if I'm an heir, then the, the crazy thing about an heir is they didn't do anything to get the inheritance. <laughs> and I think so many times yeah. my turmoil and my chaos and the storms are self-inflicted. <laughs> And, um, what's that song? Um, um, it's, it's, it is well, and Diana sings it at church. So great at church. And it's, she didn't write it, but it's, um, but there's, a, there's a line in there that says something to the fact that even the storms that I've created myself, <laughs> oh, yeah. God, the wind and the waves still know his name. Mm. And the first time she sang that song, or the first time I heard that song was at church on the move. And I thought, Whoa, cause I was in a season where I felt like I was doing some storm tossing and it was self-inflicted. So I thought, I just got to get through the storm on my own because I caused this. And right. I thought, whoa, it doesn't matter what stirred the wind and the waves. They still know his name. That's really good. So it's your pen that's squeaking. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird. That was a weird noise. I kept thinking there's a mouse down here somewhere. Um, so I think, again, going back to being an heir, you know, I don't have to do anything to to work up the authority to mm -hmm. speak to that storm. I step into 
that brotherhood with Christ yeah. for lack of a better, I don't know, that's probably a weird word, but he is my brother. We are, we're, we're, we're identified in Christ. And I love Bill Johnson said one time that our royalty is our identity. Mm, that's good. And I, I loved that statement. He says things so great, doesn't he? I, it, he says yeah. things so different. <laughs> Same yeah. thing you've heard yeah. in such a different way. It makes your, your mind go tilt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when he said that, I was in a season of study where I was, you know, Joseph is my favorite story mm -hmm. in the Old Covenant. I love, love, love the story of Joseph. It just so resonates with me and my design and my personality. And it's helped me so much. And, you know, Joseph spent a lot of years in the prison. He had a mentality in the prison that was necessary because he was in a prison. When he got moved to the palace, he didn't get to take that prison mentality with him. He had to become palace oriented. And I think about if royalty is my identity, then my, my thinking needs to transform from prison to palace. There needs to be a transformation in my thinking. And for me, that's helped me a lot because I spent a lot of years in that prison season mm. of learning, of being contained, of, of dealing with things that I really didn't want to deal with, but I had to to learn. And then when God began to move me into that palace season of my life where I was beginning to see fruit, I was beginning to have opportunities to help other people in a, in a more broad sense. Yeah. I was still carrying that prison mentality with me. Mm. And I had that's so the inheritance royalty is my identity uh, in Christ mm -hmm. has really helped me to transform my thinking. And I remind myself with, this is what's key for people like me. If you're like me, um, having those key phrases that when you begin to fall into that, you have something to say to yourself mm -hmm. because God does everything by his words. He yeah. creates and he has authority in the word. So it's peace be still royalty is my identity. I have an inheritance in Christ that belongs to me mm -hmm. and I am seated above everything that's going on down here. Yeah. I can literally begin to see myself seated above the battle instead of in the battle. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, when I gain from God's perspective, because that's where I'm seated mm -hmm. as that inheritance, I'm between Christ and the father I'm seated in that place. Right. And again, it's a visual that helps me literally to posture myself differently. And, and it helps, it really does help me in those battles to kind of not be Carried away by the storm, yeah. yeah, yeah right. Not be a hot mess all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember years ago having the thought that you know, um, oh, how would you say it exactly? But it's, um, do I believe it because he said it, or do I believe it mm. because I believe him mm -hmm. that he said it? You know, that's not exactly the way I had it back then but it's the way I'm remembering it now. And, you know, I think so many times that we've studied the six steps of faith and how to mm -hmm. obtain prosperity, seven easy ways and all that stuff. You <laughs> That's know? so funny. And uh, there is no seven easy ways of prosperity. And if you've written a book about that, we're not criticizing yeah. that. Uh, we're just... <laughs> no, I mean, it's, and there's some legitimate stuff to yeah. it. Uh, but it was... I wasn't asking the question, is this my revelation? So mm -hmm. I didn't ask a good question. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't ask the good question, I was trying to receive someone else's revelation. Yeah. And good. when anytime mm -hmm. I've ever done that, it's led me almost straight to failure. You know, and frustration. I remember you being very frustrated frustrated. because then we are not getting the result right. by using the process. Right. And God gives us process. God is a God of process, mm -hmm. but he gives it to us with the condition of I'm walking with you in this process. Right. And so it's going to be different for all of us. And mm -hmm. when we, we say, okay, got it, got it. I got the 10 steps and we walk away from God. 
then all of a sudden God's like, well, okay, when you come back, we'll, yeah. we'll start again. <laughs> well, you know, how many times have you read a scripture in the Bible that he, if you really look at it, he wasn't even talking to you. Yeah. He was talking to his people at mm -hmm. the time. And not that we don't become his people and we're engrafted in, but he's not telling the Jewish people today the same thing he told them 300, 400, 500 years ago. Mm -hmm. Because they're not in the same condition. Not the same place. It's yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, now, he may tell them to pick up rocks and walk across the river again. Mm -hmm. But if they pick up rocks to try to walk across that river, just because they just read because it in the past, they did it, before. it worked before, yeah. Yeah. it may not be what God is doing now. Yeah. You know, it, I think a confusing scripture to me, it always was, was God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then another one that says, you know, I am doing a new thing. I'm like, how in the world is that and God happening? God changes not. And God, yeah. So <laughs> if, you know. But the thing is, it's new to us. It's not new yeah. to him. He still hadn't changed. Oh, gosh, no. And it's new to our season. It's new. It's the whole thing. Layers of meaning and depths of purpose. Mm. You know, our life is not just a linear track. I don't right. believe. I believe it's an elevated. It is steps up, but it's like layers of things. And the more layers that are tightly woven together, mm -hmm. the more beautiful the picture and the more tight and strong it is. And so the more you let God walk you through the peaks and the valleys, mm -hmm. And the key is walk you through. You're not staying in any of those. Um, but that's just been huge to know that I, you know, I'm not scared of the peaks and the valleys anymore. I, I'm just like, okay, what's next, God? Right. What, what are we doing today? Okay, tell me more. Yeah. All right. How do I bring my best self to this season of my life? You know, there's a natural statement that goes along <clears> with <throat> peaks and valleys. And it's that uh, strong men create soft times. Soft times create weak men weak men create hard times mm. and a lot of peaks yeah. and valleys i mean and then hard times create it's, strong it's, men yeah, yeah it's so hard to get to the top mm. but really what that is is that's that's making you yeah. who you are that's bringing it out is. the very best yeah. and then we tend to get to the top and we tend to relax yeah we think, oh, and we next did thing it. we know the valley showed back <laughs> yeah. up and that's not saying the valley wasn't yeah. coming mm -hmm. but there's difference in going down into a valley and back out in shape mm -hmm. and going oh, down and, and out of the valley, you know, after you've loafed around for a while and you're lugging no too much condition. stuff. Yeah. You attracted oh. too much stuff on I the like way down that. and then you can't take it all back up the next mountain. And I think right. that's so many metaphors right there. We could have a whole podcast mm. on that. I think of just yeah. the peaks and the valleys and what that looks like. And, and I used to think, you know, I used to get really, um, I don't know what the word is really to describe this. So, you know, I, in church all my life and you know it was almost like um you know you seek the mountaintop but you got to endure the valley and mm -hmm. I'm just like so I always thought that it was just you know well if on a mountain on the mountaintop that means you know what's coming next it's right. a valley and now I've learned that Jesus says that yes though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil that he leads me beside the still waters and in the green pastures wait a minute that's at the valley. Green pastures and still waters are not up on the top of the mountain. That's really good. And there's also no air at the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think God wants us. But from the top of the mountain, what is the benefit? The, the quietness with God up there mm -hmm. and the vista and the next horizon, you can only see it from the top of the mountain. Yeah. So they're both vital, right? right? So it's not about hurrying up and getting to the valley so I can get to the top of the mountain and then being sad when I have to leave it. Mm -hmm. If I stay at the top of the mountain, I'm going to die. Because I'm not going to. There's no, I mean, no food. Oh, there's no food. Nothing. There's no air. <laughs> We've been to the tops of some mountains. I'm like, oh God, we can't wait to get back down. <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, the analogy and, and the metaphor of that is just, is just huge. That learning to just pace yourself 
with God in life and mm-hmm. that it's not a flat plane and it's not always a valley and it's not always a hike up. It's, right. it's all, and that's what gives us the tapestry mm-hmm. of our life. And our design is woven all through that. And it's our story. And if we can just begin to relax a little bit and be at peace. And I'm not saying that it's easy when you're dealing with a death or when you're dealing with a financial disaster. I'm not saying that the valleys are always, or even the mountaintops, you know, are always going to be easy. It's just that know that it's not going to last forever. That is subject to change. The rawness uh, of the situation will eventually soften enough that you can breathe again. That makes me almost ask a different question is, do we have it backwards? Is it the mountaintops? Is it because it's the hard times you look to him? It's the hard times you mm-hmm. see your answers and your, mm-hmm. or, you know, oh, you'll, you good. seek him. Mm-hmm. And in what we call the valley and how terrible that is. No, that's our time of rest. Mm. That's our time of peace. That's so good. And so yeah. the very fact mm. that we are looking at things backwards. So good. You know, what can I, life happens yeah. for me, not to me mentality will totally change when you're going through the mountain experience to mm. how can I benefit from this? What can yes. I learn? Yeah. And as Christians, we learn to look to him mm-hmm. in that situation. You know, like yeah. I said, going down the mountain into the valley isn't hard. Resting beside a river isn't hard. Mm-hmm. Climbing the mountains, what's that's hard. That's so good. So I, 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 you know, yeah, that's a neat thing to, talk, to think about. Yeah. It's a different way of thinking. And that's another thing that we have really tapped into that we really enjoyed mm-hmm. is thinking differently. Right. So just right there is an example of that. Um, again, this is all we're all in life. We didn't find that. <laughs> That's a heavy revy of something to think about differently. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that we change our whole doctrine. It doesn't mean that we all of a sudden no. preach something totally different. It means there's a different way to think about that. Right. Take the natural analogy of that and begin to think about that differently. Mm-hmm. And another thing I was thinking about when you said that, as you're climbing up a mountain, and we've we've climbed some mountains. Um, we're we're not going to climb Mount Everest ever, but. One thing that you do we're trail mountain climbing. <laughs> yeah, <we're laughs> concrete yeah. trail mountain. <laughs> um, one thing that you do is you pack light. Right. And you be, you learn that you want to go with somebody that knows where they're going if you're mm-hmm. going to climb Everest. And you also know that you better be prepared and fit for that journey. And you also know what to expect. I'm going to need lots of water because mm-hmm. the air is going to be thin. I'm going to have to pace myself better. I'm going to have to lay some things down. Right. Okay. When we get for lack of a better word, fat and lazy in the Valley, we're not having to do anything. We're just enjoying life. Right. So, yeah, I think maybe that is a switch. And when it's Mm -hmm. time to, when it's time to begin to go that next level, yeah, that's actually when I think it's in those moments that a lot of times we see a next level because we've lost somebody in our life that was doing precious, or we've Mm -hmm. had a major financial disaster, or we've, or it could just be, we're going through the next season of life, the four mm-hmm. or five different stages of life that are just, it kind of catches your breath. It takes you off guard. Right? right. And instead of looking at like, Oh God, I'm just in the Valley and I'm just, you know, maybe you're starting to climb a mountain and there's going to be right. a horizon up there that God's taking you to, but you've got to be focused and ready and determined to make that hike mm-hmm. with him or that climb. Right. You know, there's four seasons there in every year yeah. and nobody wants to winter to ever come they always want spring but spring even though it's beautiful and it starts to warm up also brings tornadoes and and stuff you know it's not like spring is always great right summer you know everything's growing that you planted in the spring it all seems great but it's miserable 
hot, <laughs> especially during harvest season. Yeah. You know, right, right before harvest season. And then you get into fall, which is your that's actual perfect. harvest. Yeah. Of it, and it seems borderline perfect. In Oklahoma, that's about the only perfect season we have. <laughs> so, you know, but it takes all four really to make yeah. that year it what does. that year is meant yeah. to be. It yeah. takes seasons of dormancy. It takes seasons of darkness and cold where you just mm-hmm. kind of come in and you, you get an insulated season with God. And then yeah. it takes that, it's that it's in the winter season that everything is prepared for the springtime earth, right? right? And, and if so, you prepared well enough, yeah, winter's not that terribly hard. No. It's just still. Still, and we need stillness. And I think in America, we do not be still. No. Um, just the fact that that's one thing that I, I think I'm doing better this winter. What do you think? Oh, I think so. Yeah. You had to, I had to, <laughs> I think, <laughs> no, um, no doubt. I think recognizing winter for me, I hated winter my whole life. I really have. It's been a dark, depressing season for me because I don't like dark and I don't like being inside. Mm-hmm. So it's been hard, but I've learned. And she doesn't like cold. So she's not, I hate outside. cold. <laughs> so, um, so it's been a, it's been an intentional reformatting a, re, a different mindset for me mm-hmm. this year is like no i'm gonna look at i don't know why i do this um i'm gonna thinker. look at this as i do i think and talk with my hands um <laughs> as a season of if winter is to what i love my gardens which is a season of dormancy stillness um where the earth is actually rejuvenated because it's not constantly trying to grow something mm-hmm. the rain and the snow that that lands and melts actually puts new nutrients in the ground but nothing's happening it's right. being still if i look at that in my own spiritual walk with god that's what i've been working on this this winter is like all right this is a season of stillness for me i'm not going to take on new projects i'm not going to take on um that mantle of I just got to get through the winter. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm going to look at this as an opportunity to learn and to grow and to have an expectancy for what happens in the springtime. What's going right. to come up in the spring that I didn't even know was planted. Yeah. And it's been like sitting that. there. You know, and that's, uh, we really haven't gotten as far off of the title as far as asking better questions as it kind of sounds, because only in those times, if you're asking mm-hmm. the right questions, do you come up with the answers? Yeah. Because if, if, you're just enduring. Mm-hmm. You're not, You're not asking, asking nothing. And so you enter into the next season without any answers. Oh, that's good. Can I ask you a question then? Ask away. I can't answer. So, that. you know, this is another favorite subject of mine is change versus transformation. Mm. If you're enduring, you're asking God just to change it, hurry up and change the season. Mm-hmm. If you're transforming, if your mind goes from prison to palace and you begin to have a transformational mindset, mm-hmm. you're saying, all right, God, what can you show me in this season to prepare me for the next? Mm-hmm. That's a completely different. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's definitely anytime you're looking to change, you're looking back mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. saying what's wrong mm-hmm. that I well, need to fix. Um, not that that's a bad question, but there's a better question. Yeah. And the better question is, is who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And how did God create me? If you will be who God created you, all your other things take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that sounds oversimplistic. And I don't mean you never have problems again. I mean, if I look back and say I have anger issues, how do I not get angry? Mm-hmm. I just ticked myself off almost immediately. Everything's <laughs> going to make me mad because I'm looking to be yeah. angry. I'm looking at anger. I'm going to get That's angry. That's who I am. That's just okay. my personality. Yeah. But if to be more like Jesus means that I walk with patience and kindness and joy. Mm -hmm. Those things are the opposite of anger. Mm -hmm. 
So if I be like Jesus, if I look to him as my author and finisher, mm -hmm. then I don't, then I, then I transform into being what I want to be instead of avoiding what I don't want to be. Oh, that's really good. Okay. So you transform into what you want to be instead of avoiding what you don't want to be. Right. Let me write that down. You know, yeah, it's a, I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, as former sinners, we get into condemnation because we're trying not to sin. Where you won't be in condemnation when you make a mistake if you're just trying to be like him. Mm -hmm. You might make the mistake, but there's something about falling forward uphill. You're always moving forward. If you ever start to fall backwards, then you got to make up that ground again. I saw a deal today, I believe it was, where it was talking about investment. And this is where this worked with exercise, money, and I believe your walk with God. If you gain 50%, you only have to lose 33% to lose it all. Wow. So if I if I use money, if it's $100 and I gain 50%, I now have 150 mm. But if I to lose back to 100, I only have to lose 33%. So there's a 12% difference right there. Yeah. So just think about it. If, if you're always falling toward God, mm -hmm. you don't have to lay down long and get and look back long to fall backwards once. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you got that ground to make up again. Wow. So that's that's, that's kind of pretty where, deep. Yeah. It's like so every time you can take two steps forward, one step back. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what that is. Yeah. You know, you don't want to do that or you're never going nowhere. Yeah. You're not going to get very, where, right. get where very far. Very, <laughs> yeah. Whatever I'm trying to say. But that's the difference in, in uh, you know, the Bible says be not conformed to the world. That word means molded. Mm -hmm. And it's telling you, you know, don't let the world mold you into its way of thinking. It's saying yeah. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So renew your mind to God's way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And then you won't be molded into the way the world is doing. So mm -hmm. you start to transform that. You're not trying to change your thinking. You're mm -hmm. trying to transform your thinking. Mm -hmm. You're saying, well, God, Jesus wouldn't have done that. You know, well, yeah. what would Jesus do? That's All where right. that becomes good. You then have to take it to the, you have to finish the equation. Right. You can't, you can't leave the equal sign empty on one side. Yeah. It's always purpose-focused over yeah. problem-focused. Yeah. Quit trying to fix your problem. Work on being who God created yeah. you to be. Yeah. That's awesome. So well, we probably ought to stop this one. Yeah. I think we went like four days or something like that. Not really sure. <laughs> we don't know how long we went. We don't have a clock or anything going. It doesn't so. really matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will be posting this, um, I don't know, maybe tomorrow, which would be Sunday, yeah, we haven't decided yet. maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday. I don't know. Whenever what we, we want to sit on there uh, while it's playing so we can interact with you. If you have a question, yeah, please. Yeah, we're going to try to be live with you when you watch um, it. Yeah, so that's our goal. Anyway, thanks for joining us for our first time back in a long time. We've had a, a good time. We have, these are the kind of conversations we have weekly. Yeah, at uh, the table. At the table. Not a mic. Actually, it's not table. even weekly anymore. It's probably more like Nightly. four or five nights a <laughs> yeah. week. You know, we, we have dinner and then we just start asking questions. Mm -hmm. And 
this is what I'm thinking about. And the other one looks at one like a cow to Newgate, like <laughs> you got to be losing your mind, but we don't say that. We let them think it out and it works out good. Yeah. So we'll come back and we're going to talk some more about how things like this relate to your marriage and how we can give you some, some good questions to ask your spouse yeah. and give you some more content on what that looks like uh, authentically for your marriage. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to reduce the frustration with better communication, developing a better marriage mindset will, mm -hmm. will totally help you with that. Yeah. So, and it is a mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, have a great one. Thanks again. Bye now.